Hello everyone, it is Q of the MJ Cast. It is a recording date of Saturday the 8th of June and this is episode, if you can believe it, 102. It is a regular news and discussion episode. We have a lot of news to catch up on. Janet's been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but of course... She's also just started her Vegas residency metamorphosis. We have a teaser trailer for the Bruce Swedean documentary from director Marcos Carbotta. Lavelle Smith Jr. is going to be releasing an amazing looking documentary. We've got some tributes to Michael. We've got Prince Jackson launching a YouTube channel with BG. We've had a a state lawsuit settled and a Netflix MJ related project cancelled. We've got a lot more news. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is episode 102 with Q and Jamin. The following is a presentation from the MJ Cast, the internet's premier podcast on all things Michael Jackson. You're listening to the MJ Cast by MJ fans or MJ fans. The idea is to uh, innovate, or else why, why am I doing it? When I create my music, I feel like an instrument of nature. You let it create itself, really. I know I do. And I love to entertain. That's that's one of my favorite things. I love you! <laughs> I love my fans. Just simply Michael Jackson. Welcome to the MJ Cast, your source of news and discussion on the King of Pop. So, how are you, Q? Tired. It's been a big couple of weeks. I don't know why I've been so tired this week particular. It wasn't a difficult week, but work was not hard, but just exhausted. Maybe, I think we talked about this the other day, it could be the change of weather. Like it's actually wintry here this weekend for the first time. I was wearing shorts earlier in the week and now it's raining and what, like 14 degrees. Your favourite type of weather? It is my favourite type of weather and hopefully tomorrow morning me and a mate are going hiking in it. Nice, nice, that's yes. good. It's, it's been super cold in Brisbane. Um, what? Hey, hey, wait, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. What is super cold in Brisbane? <laughs> okay, 25 so to, degrees. <laughs> so, so to our European listeners and everybody else, you'll be like, what, that's not even cold. But um, yeah, so when I say super cold, I mean like we've had a cold front come through and at nighttime it's getting down to five degrees. Whoa, um, that is cold for you guys. For Brisbane, it is cold, yeah. Um, so, And in, during the day, there's been really strong winds. So it's it's been pretty icy. We've even had snow in the south of Queensland, believe it or not. I did see that on the news. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's been a particularly cold winter so far, but um, I like that. We had bushfires on Thursday, I think it was. They had to close one of the freeways because of bushfires, out of control bushfires and... I was like, oh my God, just send us some rain and we finally got some. Yeah, we, we've had a, a bit of a tough fortnight, haven't we, Q? Yeah, it has been. People may have seen on our social media that we lost a friend of ours, mm. a very good friend who has featured, um, thankfully, we managed to get that episode together last year, featured on an episode with us here at the MJ Cast. Yeah, yeah. And for those of you who may not be familiar with the story, TJ was a dear close friend of ours. And when we started the MJ cast, he was one of the people that started it with us. It was it was myself, you, Q, and TJ and Damien Shields. It was our brainchild together and we came up with it. And Damien and TJ obviously didn't 
launch with us in the episodes, but they were there for the whole process of putting it together. And we've known TJ for a long time. You've known him longer than I, but uh, we've both known him since we were, you know, in our late teenage years. Well, for you, teenage years, I was oh, right. well into my 20s. <laughs> Youngo. I always kid. forget you're just a, a little bit older than me, but I always forget that. A little bit. You're it's, so youthful. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Well, yeah, keep that, people, because it comes in handy. Yeah, I guess we all would have met possibly all through Damien, through message boards, forums and such, where Damien was, because TJ Tabloid Junk, as he was known uh, online, he was uh, friends with Damien online, and then that's how I became friends with Damien, and then TJ, and then you, and I think for me it would have started around 2007, maybe 2006, but definitely 2007. I've got photos of us together in 2007. He had quite a big and successful YouTube channel at the time. Was that the Tabloid Junk channel or was that the TJ Vlogs channel? Tabloid Junk was his main channel and TJ Vlogs okay. was a bit of a spin-off. Yeah, which sadly is not available anymore because there were some great videos on it. Yeah, so he used to have a great YouTube channel. So for me, he was like a celebrity. And when I got to meet him where he lived in Adelaide, for me, it was like meeting a celebrity. So, And I actually featured in some of those... Gosscast episodes that he did with his friend Matt at the time and we filmed over the years a few videos together about different things don't think there's really any of those online anymore sadly but he also right from when we knew him through Michael he was a huge supporter of Michael mm. and very vocal and an activist whenever he saw injustice or something that he did not agree with yeah completely agree like he was for me when I first became a fan in the early 2000s like you I didn't really connect with him until maybe five years later or something like that I remember interacting with him on forums and message boards in the mid to late 2000s so similar 2006 7 8 that sort of time period he like was a beacon of hope and light and uh, truth to me at that time, and even after you know after Michael died as well, he was somebody you could go to his YouTube channel and know you were watching a truthful, impassioned opinion about whatever was going on, whether it was you know Michael's death, this is it, the Casio tracks. Whatever it was, you knew TJ was going to to get the truth out there. And he was a massively... He, like, I, I don't know if I ever told him this. I, I hope he felt it. But he truly was a big inspiration as well for what we do now around, you know, truthful reporting on Michael Jackson. So, he contributed so much to the community through his YouTube channel. And it's such a huge loss, such a, a devastatingly huge loss. The messages we have received over the past two weeks have really, how do I put this? They've demonstrated how much he personally meant to so many fans all around the world. And uh, we're, all, we're all feeling this and it is, it's such a sad time. So people might not know that he's got a chapter in a book called The It Gets Better Project, 
Uh, that was a book that came out by Dan Savage, sort of I think was leading a campaign for against bullying against uh, queer people. And he did a terrific YouTube video, which is no longer online, which again is really sad and maybe somehow it might get back online in the future. But they chose his video to include in a book alongside such names as Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Chaz Bono, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Darren Hayes, and many, many, many more. I'm really glad. He actually wrote that under a pen name, uh, Tristan Jackson. But um, I'm really glad that that is out there as part of his legacy. He did... There's a few videos online that we can reference to. He did the amazing visual documentary based on the Charles Thompson article that was published in HuffPost, one of the most shameful episodes in journalistic history. That was an incredible collaboration and we've shared it before and we can share it you know, every year now. Absolutely. Yeah, that was fantastic. He also, you know, as, as we both know, his appreciation for the Jackson family extended well beyond just Michael. He was a huge Janet fan, huge LaToya fan. Huge Jackson's fan and uh, also made an awesome video bringing out the truth around the media's treatment of Janet following the Nipplegate thing with the Super Bowl. I find that really awesome that when you log into his channel, the last two videos, actually the last three videos, I think, that he's put up are around the big controversies, the allegations, you know, the treatment of Janet. And I think also this is it. So... That's a great legacy for him to have left in the community as well, I think. And he had that beautiful video about we can all make a change, we can all make a difference. Yes. He did a beautiful visual video clip for Man in the Mirror. Yeah. It's an incredible piece. Yeah. Great guy. And, and of course, you and I both had, you know, deep personal friendships with him as well over the years. He was, I think you told me at one point, Q, he was your first gay MJ mate as well. Well, there was there was probably Tim in the US, Prince Tim, shout out to Prince Tim, much love, and we're still good friends. But here in Australia, for sure, I, I can't remember anyone else, especially one that I could, you know, talk to any time of the day and actually meet up with when I was over there for work and hang out and catch up. Yeah, And I know that for, you know, some other friends of ours, uh, Jesse and Jermaine, he was, you know, someone that, you know, was able to give them a lot of advice as they were young queer kids growing up and things like that. Yeah, he he it's such a shock because he was just larger than life. Like he was so much <laughs> fun to be around and so funny. <laughs> and um, I'm very gonna, opinionated, very opinionated. We love that. And. It's, yeah, it's, I'm going to miss him a lot. Yep. I had a moment this week. I was with a girlfriend at a exhibition seeing Kylie on tour, which was costumes and artifacts from Kylie Minogue tours. And one of the most wonderful, wonderful memories I have. And it was one of the best nights of my life is when TJ had said, I've got a ticket for Kylie in Sydney. Would you like it if you come fly over and it's yours? So I did. I think I stayed over there two nights and we went and saw the Kylie Aphrodite Le Folie tour in 2011. 
And it was not only one of the best concerts I'll have ever seen in my entire life. It was so spectacular and incredible. We just had such a fun night. And I got to see some of those costumes on um, this exhibition just this week. And, you know, when I was looking at those particular costumes, that concert started on the big screen. So I got to sort of see that opening few few songs on the big screen as I was looking at those artifacts from that tour and it was quite a nice little moment to remember him yeah yeah it's crazy to think about it was pretty much a year ago i think it was on this i've just gone back on my calendar 17th of june 2018 is when we recorded the only episode we did with tj really yeah wow and what was that episode number for people that they can go and listen and hear some of our shared friendship stories and I think it was it's episode such a good episode. Episode 82, I think. Okay, cool. And of course, we just had our 100th episode not long ago. Yeah. And the first voice that you hear if you listen to episode 100 is TJ. Yeah. And that's really special and will always be. In my veins, I felt the mystery of corridors of time, books, of history, life songs of ages throbbing in my blood have danced to the rhythm of the tide and flood. Do you care? Have you a part in the deepest emotions?
Yeah. 
think it's absolutely incredible that he lived as long as he did, considering what he went through in that decade. To be put on trial would be one thing, but to be put on trial for that, and being that he was arguably the most famous person on the planet, who was, especially up until 93, known as being an absolute lover of children. Absolute, gave all he had for children and for them to have turned that against him and then to have had to have sit in that courtroom for those five months during that trial and you see him on that last day, on the vindication day, and he, he is so broken. I just cannot believe. How did he even live through it? And then to be able to, after a little while, you know, pick the pieces up and hold his head up high and say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not done. I'm not done. You know, he, 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 he fucking died fighting. Incredible man. This is Mike Smallcomb, author of Making Michael, Inside the Career of Michael Jackson, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. Well, something that I remember TJ and I spoke about on our last catch-up in April was Janet and wondering what was going to come of her metamorphosis residency in Las Vegas. And of course, Janet has started her residency in Vegas and apparently to huge acclaim, great reviews, um, our team member Elise got to see, uh, was it opening night? Uh, was it one of the first nights? One of the first least? nights. And I saw that mm. she just bought tickets to another one. Oh, that's great. Excellent. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. So, yeah, Janet has started her metamorphosis residency in Las Vegas. We haven't seen it, but Elise has. And a good place to go and hear a lot about the show would be over at our sister show, the Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever podcast. So search for Janet Jackson or Janet Today in your podcast app to find the channel from the wonderful Courtney and Cam. Courtney is the one that hosted this episode. It's like a little roundtable, actually. She's got a few guests, including Elise, that saw the show. And it's an incredible roundup. Um, Cousin Cam is... Holding back. She's waiting till she can go and see it, I think, in August. I'm not sure. But she's sort of having like a little metamorphosis embargo for Cousin Cam to to have it all fresh and new for her when she goes to see it. But Courtney does a great job and Elise does a great job as well. So head over to that hashtag metamorphosis episode over on the Janet Today podcast. We will pop a link in the show notes, Jamin. Yeah. And... Uh, People can go and get that latest Janet news over there. Such a good episode. I, I really want to give a, a shout out to, to Courtney and Cam just around the quality of their podcast. Like that, this roundtable is so well hosted. The conversation flows beautifully, so well edited. It, it's just engaging right from start to finish. And if, you, if you're loving the MJ cast and you love Janet as well, as much as Michael, then you need to, you need to subscribe to these guys because they're awesome. That's it. 
if you need a little bit more Janet Jackson in your life, and we know you do, <laughs> Janet Today is the podcast to get it. That's it. Well, on to some MJ news, hey? Yes, indeed. From someone that we've had on the show, friend of the show. Yeah, Marcos Cabota, a film director from Spain. Uh, he wasn't joking when he said he was bringing out a Michael Jackson-related documentary. It's coming and a teaser is out there for you to see. There's a link in the show notes for it. I really recommend you go and see it. It is clever. So it's like a, a, a the camera like pans this cityscape and finishes up on a clapperboard, like a director's clapperboard. And he takes a name off the front. I think it's Greg Fillengains. And he takes the sticker off and puts it on the back of the clapperboard. And it finishes up with all the other stickers with names on it that he's interviewed. And boy, there's some good names on there. I saw Tarrell on there. I, I did not expect that Tarrell Jackson would be in this documentary, but he is. And uh, apparently this, you know, as as Marcos has said before, this this documentary is going to center all around Bruce Swedean. And I'm assuming a big part of that will be his work with Michael Jackson. And the Thriller music was in the video, the teaser, and it's just got me really excited. I can't wait for it. 2020, people. 2020, next year. And no doubt you'll be talking to Marcos about that when it is released. Can't wait. Speaking of awesome-looking documentaries, The Man Behind the Dance. Lavelle Smith Jr. will be releasing on June 25th an interview documentary Honouring Michael Jackson, the tours, the person, the allegations, and his death. This looks so emotional and incredible, and I cannot wait to see this. Yeah, me neither. In that teaser where Lavelle sort of chokes up and doesn't hold back, he's swearing uh, about the allegations. I mean, I'm assuming about the allegations. Like, this is this is going to be heavy hitting, and it's coming from an honourable collaborator a great person who stood by michael jackson all the way through and his voice matters a lot and i and i can't wait to hear what he's got to say yep very excited about this one do go to the show notes if you haven't seen it click the link for this story watch the teaser trailer it's going to be out soon but the teaser trailer is it'll get you hyped yeah like this will be this will be i think calling it now this will be one of the MJ-related highlights of the year. Yeah, definitely. And and I, what gives me great hope for it is that uh, I saw Lavelle do a, uh, a post, I think, a week ago or something on Instagram where he discussed the delay. So it's coming out. It was expected to come out last month, but it's mm. been delayed until very late June, June 25th, I think, they're aiming for. And um, the reason is because Lavelle said they're still working on it and he wants to include a range of videos from his personal collection. And if you follow Lavelle on social media, you will know that he has got awesome stuff. He's got footage from the ill-fated HBO special. He's got rehearsals from just before Michael passed away in the dance studio. If, If there's stuff we haven't seen before from Lavelle, I'd say some of it will end up in this doco. So can't wait. Next up on the news is a Chris Brown song. So there was a, a Chris Brown video came out recently. I think it's called Back to Love, music video for Back to Love, his new single. It features a lot of tribute dancing to Michael Jackson, choreography that, that Chris has interpreted and, and included in, in, the, in the video in his way. A lot of cool MJ moves in there. I enjoyed it. Not a huge Chris Brown supporter, probably for a lot of the same reasons others aren't. 
you can't deny that he's a great dancer and, you know, he's one of the greatest R&B musicians and dancers in the world today and seeing him pay homage to his, you know, idol is, is pretty cool. So worth watching if you like that kind of music and Chris and you want to see Michael's moves interpreted by by him. It is. It's a nice song. Nice little tributes. Yeah. I didn't, it wasn't as heavy tribute as like the K-pop um, band collaboration with Jason Derulo that we spoke about earlier in the year. But definitely, I think when he's dancing in the columns, yeah, it's in, filmed in Paris. It is, I have to say, the cinematography on this video is stunning. It's beautifully shot. It's really stunning visually to watch. It's really nice. Um, but when he's dancing in the columns... Um, wherever this is in Paris, there's like I love his little leg kick and the MJ point and stuff like that. It's it's nice to see, you know, the artists are still some artists, not all, but some artists are not afraid to still pop those MJ tributes in. Yeah, and I guess that's the takeaway from this. I mean, sure, Chris Chris Brown has a really uh, controversial personality in the music world for for reasons that we don't really need to get into right now, but. I'm I'm on the side of the fence where he he deserves to have that reputation, for sure. But one thing that needs to be said is it's by the same token, it's not easy for somebody to stand up right now and tribute Michael Jackson in that kind of way. Uh, and he he had the balls to do that, so that was cool. And he's had that awful experience of false allegations against him this year. Yeah. Actually, it was somewhere in Europe that uh, a lady accused him. I think it was of rape. And, you know, the media were all over that, condemning him and, you know, basically sentencing them already without anything other than the allegations. And it was found out that the allegations were fabricated and fake, yeah. fabricated. So, you know, he's had that awful experience this year as well. So moving on. Good chance for a segue so, there. Allegations. Yeah. Allegations into what? Allegations book. Oh, I skipped a story. Did you? I did. I was ready to yeah, I was ready oh. to jump into the YouTube channel one. <laughs> I was like, why is Segway. he segue? There we go. That's perfect. <laughs> that would have been perfect if I was not scrolling too far. <laughs> There's a little digital ebook that I wanted to let people know about. It's on Michael Jackson and the sexual abuse allegations. It's called Not Guilty debunking the Michael Jackson allegations from Geordie Chandler to leaving Neverland. And it has been released by Jimmy Colwill. It's just an ebook release on like Kindle and Amazon and that kind of thing. Haven't read it myself, but it was brought to my attention. Uh, and I thought that maybe some people out there would be interested in this. Yeah, it's, I haven't read it either, Q, but it does look fascinating. It's It's cheap and it's short. So it's only $5.00. And it's 77 pages long. And I think I'm going to give it a shot, but I don't know if I'll be able to do that, you know, soon. So I, I think it'd be great if any of our listeners out there want to give it a shot and can get back to us on our social media or email around what it's like. That'd be really useful. But um, I don't know how much of the allegations and how much depth they can go into in 77 pages, but it might be the thing we're looking for in in that, like... I had I had conversations around the allegations again this week in in one of my senior history classes, and it was uh, <laughs> it was a good it was a good conversation, but I, again I I really wish I had something I could point to to people to say look have a read of this let's continue the conversation after you 
you know, got a bit of education around it. And it could be that because it's it's short and it could be a little digestible thing for the general public to engage with. Yep, or it could be some good little resource for fans who just want the information all at their fingertips and they can reference it to quickly grab some facts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we, of course, will have a link in our show notes. Show notes are available if you're listening via a podcast app. It'll be in the details and you can click and open it up on your device as you're listening or themjcast.com episode 102 and you'll find a link to this book from Jimmy Colwell in our show notes. Some news from the Jackson family camp. Prince Jackson and his brother BG and I think one of their cousins as well. Oh, is it is it Taj, is it? And Taj is in some of them and I think James is in some as well. They have got together and launched a new movie review channel. Now, I have not seen any of the videos on this, sadly. Um, I have. You have? Okay, take it away. What, what's it like? Did you like <laughs> it? It's cool because it's like the ones I've seen were early on because some things I didn't want to watch uh, for what spoiler reviews or whatever. Um, and some I watched because they were stuff that I love, like the Avengers and Endgame and things that I like. So I'm not going to watch all of their stuff because I don't watch Game of Thrones and haven't watched the John Wick series yet. Yet, yet. I will, I think, because I love Keanu. But so it's I love that it's amateur at the start. Like they're learning how to do this. They're learning how to host. They're learning how to discuss things. You know, even Taj is talking about, okay, well, we started with like a blue screen effect, but then it was taking too long to render and stuff. So we need to get a set. So he's broke the news to the cousins. Yeah, we can't do the blue screen thing anymore because it's just too much work for what we're trying to do. So it's evolving. But yeah, so it's it was cool to see, you know, Prince and Taj uh, and their other cousin chatting about movie stuff. But I guess... The biggest thing is Biji. He's always been very behind the scenes and quiet and not out publicly. But here he is. He's eating pizza as he's talking, which you're going to hate, Jamin. <laughs> oh, wait. Don't tell me his mic's turned on. Yeah. Oh, I think no. so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. He's an 18-year-old boy. What are you going to do? <laughs> oh, God. I think okay. he's 18. Is he? Oh, my God. That makes me feel so old. I don't think um, he's 18 because we would have... I'm sure we would have done a post on social media. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. Mm. He's not a little kid anymore. That's no. for sure. That is for sure. But it's cool. It's cool. So, we've we got a link... Do you know the name of the channel? Is it Film Family or I real, Family I Film? I really don't know. <laughs> Can you click on that? I can't click on the YouTube link because oh, yeah, it will yeah, cut yeah. my fair right off. Um, but <laughs> Listeners are going to be like, what does that mean? Cut your fair right off. <laughs> my fair right is an app that's recording my vocals. There's a channel. God damn, what's the name? I think it's Family Film or something like that. But... um. I'll make sure I put a link in the show notes for that. But yeah, it, it was cool seeing film BG family I all just grown up. It. Film family. Well, I was I was close, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So there you go. Find that, and um, if you want to watch the kids, Michael's kids, all grown up. There you go. There you go. That's kind of cool. They got stuff um, like going back to. They just did a Godzilla movie review from 2014. <gasps> so, oh, 2014 or the new one? No, the 2014 one. Okay, that'll be interesting because yeah. I just saw the recent one, King of Monsters, 
Godzilla 2, which was just crazy, insane, awesome. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I like movies. I like the Jackson family. Seems like a good combination. And they did a big Game of Thrones thing, which you love. Well, I did up until the last season, but yeah. <laughs> oh, did they did they pull a Netflix Voltron? Well, kind of. So, without getting into too much detail, the, the basically the author of the books, George R. R. Martin, he had written enough novels to inspire the show up until the last couple of seasons. The, the showrunners went ahead and, and finished the show off without having source material from his final novels. They sort of met and talked about the story, but they had very little to go off. So the last season's, yeah, a bit. It's not great. <laughs> Same thing happened. Well, similar thing happened for us over at Voltron on Netflix. All the seasons were so incredibly high rating. The last season, they queer baited their audience. What does that mean? And they teased that there would be like um, queer relationships in the show. Oh, okay. In a positive and uh, in a really well portrayed way. And they didn't, they teased it and then they ignored pretty much what all the fans wanted and just made it a throwaway relationship that meant absolutely nothing. Mm. So it did more damage and the ratings for that were abysmally, abysmally low. Like her, like from record highs to like two down to like literally the single digits in satisfaction. See, this is the thing with big franchises, you know, like Game of Thrones or Voltron or whatever. And this applies to the Michael Jackson estate as well. These big companies need to listen to their fans. We are the people who know how these things should be treated. We're the customers that are buying this stuff. I don't get it when companies don't engage with their fans and try to satisfy them. Yeah, like we're the ones paying for the content and so and if it's something especially that's like uh not cheap maybe so this would go for Disney this is you know we're really branching out here we're going to wrap this up <laughs> soon I promise folks. <laughs> but you know people like oh you know you can't criticize things just because you don't like it. I was like well I paid for this product so yes I can. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. All right, let's get out of that little hole. <laughs> Normally, we'd have uh, correspondence for the MJ Cast regular episodes. This this time, we're not we're not going to do that. We've had to put this show out in a sort of <laughs> a little bit of a rushed way because of all the things that have happened in the last two weeks in our personal lives. But it, this story is something normally our legal correspondent Charlie would have covered. But I'll I'll see if I can do it this time. So what's happened is recently there was a lawsuit that was settled. Uh, between the Michael Jackson estate and Michael Jackson's former manager, quote-unquote former manager, we actually don't know how truthful, I guess, the relationship was between Tomei Tomei and Michael Jackson. We know they were very involved with each other uh, in the last you know, few years of Michael Jackson's life. We don't know to what extent, really, uh, still. But anyway, um, when Michael Jackson died, a few years later, in 2012, Tomei Tomei sued the Michael Jackson estate saying that he should be the recipient of some, I guess, residual fees or royalties that came out uh, of deals that he arranged and set up when Michael Jackson was alive. I actually thought this was going to go to trial, to be honest, and 
I was hoping it would too, because often when things go to trial, that's when the fans learn a lot through depositions about the reality of Michael Jackson's life in those mysterious final few years. But unfortunately, this one didn't go to trial. It got settled, meaning that the estate decided to pay Tomei Tomei quite a bit of money. We don't know exactly how much, but we do know that Tomei Tomei was suing them for $20 million, saying that he was entitled to a 15% commission on funds generated by deals he'd arranged. So we don't know what the final settlement amount was, but we do know they did settle and the estate have even, they released a joint statement on it and the estate have said that they acknowledge his efforts on Michael's behalf uh, and that his, um, you know, his contractual relationship with Michael Jackson did end when Michael died. You know, it's not good or bad news. It's just something that's happened. It is a bit of a shame, I think, for us that this didn't go to trial because it was an opportunity where we could have learnt a lot more um, around the reality of Michael's life. And this character, Tome Tome. Yeah. He's, he's, he even, he, in this joint statement, he does a, in the link we'll put in the, in the show notes, is an interview in there as well with him around this whole thing. And he says that he hates being called this mystery man or a mysterious figure in Michael Jackson's life. He was just a self-made man who managed Michael Jackson. I don't know. There's something about the whole thing. I don't buy that. There's Michael. dodgy as he, heck. He does. And, and Michael's family members have been quite critical of him in the past as well. I'm not as educated on him as I would like to be. Jury's out on this one, so to speak. We have some news about a Netflix MJ-related project that is being canned. Uh, Kiwi director Taka Watiti and Netflix have pulled out of the stop-motion film project Bubbles. Bubbles was based on a spec script by Isaac Adamson. Uh, This film is not about Michael Jackson because that's not a story for me to tell, or a story I'd be comfortable telling, why Titi had said back in 2017. It's about a chimpanzee's fascinating journey through the complex jungle of human life. Bubbles was being produced by LA-based Starburns, which had previously made the Oscar-nominated stop-motion pick Anomalisa. However, while Watiti and Netflix are no longer involved, it doesn't eliminate the possibility that other producers could still push forward on the project. How I did not do that in an awesome Taika Waititi accent, I don't know. <laughs> I'm also really surprised you didn't uh, fact drop that he was the director of Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> the best <laughs> Thor ever. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm Korg. I look scary. A big pile of rocks. <laughs> Tried to start a revolution. Didn't um, go ahead. I didn't didn't print enough pamphlets. <laughs> Did you have eggs for breakfast this morning? I hate eggs, eh? <laughs> eggs stink. <It's> gross. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Kiwi listeners are going to, yeah. Sorry. So, yeah. I love you, New Zealand. <laughs> Um, you know, he directed another Michael Jackson-related film called Boy. Have you seen Boy? I love that movie. It's a beautiful and hilarious film. Yeah, so it wasn't a Michael Jackson-themed film. Michael no. Jackson is a theme in the yeah. film in that the boy <laughs> loves Michael Jackson. Oh, my God, that was such a great film. He, he's an incredible director. 
when we were talking about this thing coming out, like I, first of all, I didn't really like the premise of this very much because I felt like it had the potential to maybe make MJ look weird or weirder. (laughs) I was just a bit, I don't know, cautious of what was going to come from it. What gave me hope was Taika Waititi's name being attached to it because he's actually a genuinely good director. So I thought maybe it would be would be something cool to engage with, but I'm not into the whole cancel culture thing around Michael Jackson, but with this particular project, I think it is actually the right decision to stop this because Michael's name is already uh, in the balance right now, and I don't see how this would have helped much. I think at this time, I think in the future, you know, if this was done in a funny way like seriously there's a chimpanzee you know probably meeting you know maybe japanese royalty at a tea party in japan wearing you know a kimono traveling on private jets and things meeting celebrities and presidents and things like that like that story is hilarious and ridiculous yeah could be told in a good way but maybe maybe this isn't the right time eh (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna cop some flag i'm telling you i'm telling you <laughs> oh god i'm sorry it's fine you're well i don't want to say you're good at it to me you sound I'm good not. at I it don't, but like, i don't think i am they're going I, they're going why is he trying to do a south african accent what's he doing <laughs> oh god oh my god it's like when i watch actors or people in interviews trying to do aussie accents i'm like what are you yeah, doing yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly that'll be this <laughs> Oh, all right. Speaking of movies, Moonwalker is going to be screening. Classic, classic movie. Uh, going to be screening at the Shanghai International Film Festival, Saturday 15th of June. Premiere Cinema. And, sorry. Yes. So, yes. Sorry. I thought you might not have seen. There's actually three dates. Three dates coming up. Premiere yeah. Cinema, Kerry Centre Hall 1. Monday, the 17th of June at Shanghai Film Art Centre Hall 2 and Monday, the 24th of June at the Peace Cinema. Exciting. We will have a link in the show notes in case you're listening to this in time. You might be able to get a chance to catch a ticket and go see one of those screenings if you're in Shanghai. Shout out to our Chinese listeners. Uh, We will have a link in the show notes to the 22nd Shanghai International Film Festival and the ticket page, uh, you do really need to scroll a long way down. (laughs) It took me so long and my iPad was really like, it was like running out of battery already. I'm like, no, I'm determined to find this listing in in the screening schedule. It took so long to scroll down that page to find the um the screening for it and the details so but that link will be in the show notes i think that is very cool it's going to be part of like um screening music related films and that's why this one is being shown which is pretty cool oh man i would kill to go to something like this it's like outside of bad 25 this is like the only piece of film that you can see bad tour footage in high definition and to see that in a cinema, oh, I love that opening segment of Moonwalker, Man in the Mirror. So, so yep. powerful. Indeed. Continuing with our 
movie-themed thread of news here, Taj Jackson sat down with Adam Green, Joe and Arwen of the long-running and acclaimed movie podcast, The Movie Crypt. Episode, get ready for this, folks, 313. How is that for a long-running podcast? My God, hats off to you, gentlemen. Episode 313 is available across podcast apps like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and things. By the way, Apple Podcasts is already installed on your iPhone and tablets, folks. Literally just search for in your apps, podcasts. It's already on your phone. <laughs> if you're trying to download and convert this to a cassette tape and then convert it to an MP3 Charlie. on an Apple device, not just Charlie. <laughs> it's already on your phone, this app, and it's free. Anyway, uh, it's on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and the like. Just search for The Movie Crypt. They discuss the details of the 93 and 05 allegations. They shine a light on the lies and discrepancy in Leaving Neverland from early this year and the dangers of abusing cancel culture and much more. It is a terrific episode to listen to. Taj did such a great job. The hosts did a terrific job talking about it. They took a risk with this. You know, they might get a bit of flack for talking about this on their their wildly successful um, podcast channel, but good on them for shining a light on this. I think that, you know, it's, it is a film, allegedly. It's good that they got to shine a light on this and on the discrepancies and actually went to someone to get the other side of the story. So... Congrats and shout out to Adam. You sent us a beautiful email and we really much appreciate the shout out you gave to us. Was not expecting something like that on a completely unrelated podcast, but um, we really appreciate that. And, and I was happy that I got to share this link. So head to our show notes. We'll have a link, but otherwise search for it in your podcast apps because I think people would really enjoy this episode. Mm, I certainly did. And especially if you want a nice long show, this is a good one. Three hours long. Value for money, folks. Yep. So if you want to spend three hours with the fellas over at the Movie Crypt and Taj Jackson, then you got to get this one. They also give us a really nice, lovely, beautiful shout out. Uh, in the in the episode, so we I enjoyed listening to it. It was it was fantastic, and I and I can't wait to tune into more of their episodes as well. Yeah, I'll actually be exploring a few more as well. I like. Some of their discussions are about horror movies, which I cannot do because I'm a big scaredy cat. I can't do <laughs> horror films. <laughs> so, but there will be some other stuff that, like, I will be able to tune in and not get too scared hearing about.
Hi, this is Terrell Jackson, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. Moving on with the allegations, another news story around them, but this time particularly to do with Aaron Carter. Uh, you would have remembered a little while ago, right in the thick, in the heat of leaving Neverland, Aaron Carter made a claim, uh, not a not a clear, specific claim, but in an interview that he did, I believe, with people when he was being interviewed, I think around Marriage Boot Camp or some show that he's in, um, he made a claim that Michael Jackson had behaved inappropriately with him. And it was a bit ambiguous. We didn't know what it meant. It was like a little bit meltdown zone for some portions of the fan community because it was like, oh my God, is he going to be the next Wade Robson? But he's since come out, since making the claim that Michael Jackson was inappropriate around him, and clarified it to say that, yes, Michael Jackson was inappropriate, but it wasn't sexual, like wasn't related to a sexual thing. So, I mean, there's a whole heap of tweets. He's since deleted his tweets clarifying uh, what he said, which I find to be another strange move. But there's a really good roundup of the whole Aaron Carter story by Helen Murphy over at people.com, which we'll link to in the show notes. I just sort of want to say here that I really feel that prior to this, I sort of felt that Aaron was in Michael's corner, but I really think this was a dick move. Like to come out right in the middle of leaving Neverland and to insinuate without clarity that Michael Jackson behaved inappropriately around him when he was a child was a total dick move in my opinion. And uh, yeah, shame on Aaron Carter for doing that and... I put less stock in things he's got to say personally now. I didn't really pay much attention to all this. I was like, he seems like an attention whore. And he was like, I didn't want to give him any attention. So to be honest, I didn't really pay much attention. Because you didn't it was bite so the bait. Amb- <laughs> I didn't bite the bait. It was so ambiguous that I was like, uh, pff, there's no detail here. So if you're trying to talk about the... Um, what you spoke about in interviews years and years and years ago when, what was it, that he was saying they were some smoking some weed or something and MJ was sitting at the foot of his bed? Is that what he was talking about? I I, I'm assuming know. so. I mean, and that's corroborated in the Frank Cassio book, like that, yeah, sure, maybe some kids hung around at Neverland and did a bit of weed while Michael was there, but um, Jesus Christ. I, to come out and just say... did not have the energy to give attention to this rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what he was banking on, is that, like, being vague, people would read into it and go, ooh, here's another accuser. Just total dick move, in my opinion. Anyway. Moving on for some factual stuff. Uh, MJ activist and listener to the show, Rashid, has created a blog over at MJJ Forum of a large repository of Leaving Neverland information. It's a great resource uh, for information gathered from court documents, interviews, and facts. So a thank you, Fan Rashid, over at MJJ Forum. Um, I think he also posted this over at MJJC. We'll have a link to take you directly to this great additional resource from our show notes for your Injustice project. So thank you very much. A great resource. Yeah, I haven't engaged with this one yet, admittedly. I did go there to look at it and was scrolling and it was like a million scrolls long. 
but um, <laughs> that's a good thing. It means it's detailed and, and deep. But uh, when I get Very. a bit more time on my hands, I'm going to go there and read through this. And hopefully, you know, people out there that, that are thinking about writing some kind of book on this stuff, there are just like the fans have done an awesome job at collating information around the allegations in certain places. And this is one of those places. So if you are thinking about writing a, an ebook or something on this topic, then engage with things like this. The Salzburg Ballet in Austria performed an incredible looking action ballet called Moonwalk based on Michael's life, art and dance and was apparently a sellout every night of its run. We've linked to a seven minute highlight video of the show, which features what I imagine to be many of the show's dance numbers, uh, clips from all of those set to Michael's music. And it looked incredible and I wish that we had a chance to do a news episode maybe a bit earlier so we could have let people know about this in advance so apologies for that but wow I was really impressed really 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 impressed did you have a chance to watch the little well it wasn't even little seven minute highlight clip Jamin yeah I watched the whole thing uh, I loved it. I was really blown away. It, it was so cool. I really loved the little touches that were going on in there. There's a moment in Dancing Machine where uh, one of the dancers has like a history statue-inspired costume. It was like a simple stage setup, but that was good because the focus was on the ballet and the dancing. It was awesome to see Michael's music interpreted in a ballet style. They kept a lot of the choreography true to Michael's choreography, but then weave that into a lot of classical ballet stuff. There were some wow moments, man. Like I got halfway yeah. through it and I was expecting it just to sort of be light and, you know, positive and stuff. But then they had this moment. I was like, oh my God, they had like Billy Jean, but it was the Pepsi ad version of it. And then they had this like interpretive dance moment where a guy had head bandages on and was in like a hospital ward, like from the Pepsi burn. I was yep. like, whoa, that's deep. And I think the trial addressed as well, where there was like, it looked like a sort of court set up with a judge up on a podium and like uh, lawyers or someone in robes sort of accusing, accusing Michael was in the corner or well, the character, the dancer playing the character of Michael was sort of in the corner and uh, like, you know, the, the accusations were being thrown at him. I thought I wasn't expecting to see something like that. Yeah, that was that was powerful. Like, acted. You know what? <laughs> I had a note here because I did not understand that bit. Like, I I didn't read it as court gowns, but that makes total sense now. I uh... <laughs> okay. I was trying to cover you there, bro. Thank you, thank you. I thought those guys were in like university graduation gowns. <laughs> oh my lord! I was trying to so save you from that. <laughs> Like, thank you. Cool. I'll save. That's cool. I'll save Jamie. Thank he you. Dug thank himself you. a big hole. I did. I did. But uh, no, thank you, Q. But now that makes total <laughs> but, uh, yeah, sense I to will... me. <laughs> yeah, good. I'm glad. I, it was early in the morning when you watched this. I'll get okay. I'll just let you go with that. Um, but I wasn't expecting that. No, me neither. But it worked really well. Uh, and and the dancing was great. The costumes were great. I loved Smooth Criminal. The 20s, 30s attire on the dancers was just awesome. That song, the choreography for Smooth Criminal always translates so well to a stage when they've got lots of dancers. Um, yeah. Very cool. My highlight, I think, was Earth Song. Mm -hmm. It was probably the more classical ballet 
portion of the show, perhaps, with uh, male and female pairs and lifting and, oh my God. Yeah, that was really moving. I, I don't think this also reminded me of with choreography that Michael performed that, you know, his choreographers were generally very highly trained professionals in large variety of dance. So their influences came from so many styles of dance that some of his choreography just translates so well to ballet because there probably was a lot of ballet influence in the beginning. Certainly was. I mean, Lavelle Smith Jr. on the episode he did with you, I think I remember him talking about that influence and his own training. You know, yeah, you go watch like the bad video and, you know, they're pirouetting and the big leaps and things like that and those graceful moves. And that was in a lot of the stuff. This was so well done. And I really recommend going to watch this um, clip that we've got. I wish we'd known about this earlier in the year. I would have hyped that up a lot. But apparently we didn't need to because it was a big, big success. <laughs> yeah. When when exactly did it happen? I actually, There may even be a few performances left this coming week. Wow. I, yeah. I'm, this fills me with so much hope after leaving Neverland, seeing production companies and stuff still doing this letting it, you know, still happen. It's awesome to see Michael celebrated and his art celebrated. Fills me with hope. Yes. I could actually tell you. It premiered early May and performances finish on the 13th of June. Got it. You got two days, folks. Yeah. (laughs) So, subscribers in Austria, (laughs) well done to you. That's how you keep on track of the news. And maybe there'll be, if it's not sold out, maybe there'll be a couple of tickets left. Um, Head to the Salzburger Lunds Theatre ballet page. Another dance thing, which if you're in France, this is going to be like today or tomorrow, actually. Isn't our mate Jesse over there? I think so. I th- oh, I might have to text him about this. We've got a roving MJ cast reporter in Paris. Well, we don't. He's over there on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have roving reporters. Um, MJ Dance at Solidarity will be performing, or if you're listening to this after <laughs> the very initial release, will have performed in front of the Eiffel Tower on 9th of June. French friends around Paris will have seen, I'm going to use a past tense, will have seen the dance group MJ Dance at Solidarity performing at the Champ de Moz in front of the Eiffel Tower. The dance teacher Speedy, a very talented dancer, was part of the Michael Jackson Cirque du Soleil Immortal Tour. Uh, head to show notes for a link for previous videos I can have links for those for jam dangerous smooth criminal al capone performances that they have done in tribute to mj in the past and of course coming up to june 25th that's not the only michael jackson related public event that's going on hey no there's a lot and i would encourage people to let us know of events that are coming up not just for June 25th but especially a time of celebration should be his birthday in August 
let us know events that have been organized or that you're attending so we can get the word out. So a few events that we can talk about coming up in June are in Melbourne on Saturday, 29th of June from 2.30pm until 9pm, local Aussie fans can join together to remember Michael at the 10 Years, a celebration of the music of Michael Jackson. A special screening of the dangerous Alive in Bucharest on the big screen at Sun Theatre in Yarravale. Then a four-hour MJ party from 5 until 9pm at the Blue Moon Bar. Tickets are $20. The event is linked in our show notes. That will be a great event. I am sad that I am unable to have a leave in that time of the year to get over to Melbourne because I know the crowd that will show up will be a terrific crowd. Shout out to organizer Paulie D, who, you know, author of MJ Humanitarian book and documentary. Head to the show notes if you are a fan willing to travel to that in Melbourne. Here in Perth, there is a listing for Friday the 21st of June, a Michael Jackson tribute night at Mint Nightclub, which I think not sure where that is. It could be in Northbridge or Mount Lawley. Uh, that is from 8.45 at night until the early hours, way past my bedtime, but I will see what I can do. Oh, no, we've already just lined up a recording for that date, haven't we, Jamin? I think so. Oh, God damn it. Double booked myself. Okay, <laughs> I'll see what I can manage to do. But that's for Perth, Western Australia, which I know we have a few listeners out there. And sadly, and I had a, you know, script here for the good news of this event, but now it is changed to bad news. I have to tell people about a cancellation of the European Jackson event, which was later this year on the 24th of August at the event center, Dekai Kirkplein 69 in Rusul, the Netherlands, that has been cancelled and tickets will be refunded. That is a shame. I sh thank the organisers of the European Jackson event for attempting to get this off the ground. I think it would have been really cool, but there was some issues with sponsors and lack of support from some people and also lack of ticket sales so that is a shame maybe perhaps they can look at doing something much smaller scale so fans still have something that they can go to in the netherlands we have the mj music day later in the year 19th of october for french and other mj fam in europe tickets have gone on sale for mj music day and i believe that there will be some pretty cool guests that will be held in lyon in france Yes, there's also a couple I wanted to mention as well. Uh, there is a Michael Jackson tribute event in Brisbane happening in my home city coming up. Now, I will preface this by saying I'm not going to be able to go to this. I was thinking about going, but I won't be able to because my family is having like a party on this night uh, at um, our property at the Sunshine Coast. So I can't go <laughs> at all. For other Brisbaneites out there, this one looks pretty cool, actually. So it's 10-year anniversary, Michael Jackson tribute show. I don't know. It's not clear on here whether it's got like a tribute, um, like a like an impersonator. I don't, I don't think it does, but it's got a band performing called Soul Cuts. 
which should be pretty cool. This is a $5 entry fee. Doors open at 8 p.m. It's at the Springwood Hotel um, on the south side of Brisbane. I, I wish I could have gone to this, but yeah, I can't not go to this event that my family's doing. So um, yeah, enjoy that if you're a Brisbaneite and you want to do something like that. All right, another huge event that's coming up, and this is one that I would encourage anybody that's living in the US to go to. It's a friend of the show, Brad Sundberg, in the studio with MJ. This is a multi-day event with some really special guests. So, remembering Michael, uh, it kicks off on Thursday, the 20th of June, an evening in the studio from 6 till 9 p.m. in LA, presented by Brad Sundberg. Uh, it's like I said, it's multi-day. So the second day, which is Friday, June the twenty-first, is going to be a tour of Neverland. Not actually Neverland, people. No, no not, it's you're not. Don't go to Neverland. You don't go it's to a, Neverland. Like an audio tour. <laughs> it's an audio tour of Neverland. It's got Big Al Scanlon there, who was uh, one of the guys who worked at Neverland or worked on Neverland with Michael Jackson, I should say. Moving Michael, another event. This one's got Vincent Patterson there for a couple of hours doing a little seminar wow. on choreography and dance. Then there's another session, 5 till 9 p.m. Mixing Michael, Matt Forger and Brian Vibbits are going to talk about working wow. in the studio with him. Then to top it all off, Saturday, June 22nd, another event in the studio with MJ, but with Brad Buxer and Michael Prince. That is going to be a six-hour seminar. Mic drop. Mic drop. And uh, then another, <laughs> again, another event uh, called Making History, which is a three-hour seminar with Matt Forger and bringing back on Brad Buxer and Brian Vibbett. So Brad Buxer, all up, is going to be doing nine hours of uh, seminars on that particular day, which is just, just huge. Brad dropped a little hint when he announced all of this, saying that there might be some extra guests popping in here and there. And we've just heard that Taj Jackson will be attending as well. I don't know if he'll be speaking there, but he'll be going. Um, so a great chance to meet and interact with him. This is going to be huge. It's at Seahorse Sound Studios in Los Angeles. I can't guarantee tickets are still available for this one, but if you go to inthestudiowithmj.com, you will find out. There are VIP packages. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Brad is doing great stuff for MJ. This is exactly what the Michael Jackson estate should be doing. We've said for a long time there should be a yearly global convention on Michael Jackson where they have keynote speakers and seminars and product announcements and really cool stuff like that. Brad is is doing an awesome job. He's doing the job that the Michael Jackson estate should be doing. I think this is the tribute to Michael for the year. Make sure you can get there if you can. Uh, Lisa's getting to one of the days, I believe. Yes, I wish I knew that day so we could tell our listeners. I think it's in the chat. Hang on. Lucky Elise. Damn, that would be amazing. So, yeah, sorry, we can't get people to talk for nine hours. Three hours is, you know, a lot for people to listen to in a podcast. But, wow, nine hours of stories and detail just from Blake Buxer. That's that's incredible. I think Elise might be going to the June 21st one, Friday the June 21st, which is the, the Big Al Scanlon, Vincent Patterson, Vibbits and Forger Day. So, if you want to... <laughs> catch up with a member of the MJ cast, make sure you get tickets for that day. She might be wearing a lanyard. 
Oh, come on. <laughs> She's got to be wearing the lanyard. Look at her. <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> we didn't make them for nothing. <laughs> That's it. Um, I've got a new story here, which I love so much. I love this story. A Michael Jackson cafe has opened in Kabul, Afghanistan. Trendy new cafes have sprung up across Kabul in the past three years, evolving into emblems of women's progress. The cafes are sanctuaries for women in an Islamic culture that still dictates how they should dress and behave in public and how they interact with men. Those traditions endure 18 years after the toppling of the Taliban, who banned girls' education, confined women to their homes, and forced them to wear burqas in public. Still, except for urban outposts like Kabul, Herat, and Mazir-e-Sharif, there are few cafes in Afghanistan where women can mingle with men. Most restaurants reserve their main rooms for men and set aside secluded family sections for women and children. The Jackson Art Cafe is a place of food, tea, juices, poetry, music, lectures, and socializing with both inside and garden seating available. Did you get a chance to look at their Facebook page that I've linked to, Jamin? Yeah, and I saw some of the photos on there. It's How just, nice is this? It's beautiful. I love that that image on the outside, the red, black, and oh, white yeah. painting on the exterior of the yes. cafe. So, so cool. This is a place that um, I'm not sure I'll ever get the chance to go to, but boy, if we've got listeners who live in Afghanistan please go to this place. Report back to us on our socials on how this place is. It looks yes. really cool. Send us pictures. They've got like framed pictures of Michael up on the wall. But I agree. I love the image um, that you spoke about of Michael's face on the outside of the cafe. Mm. Um, it's a really awesome image. Um, and I'm just so cool to see this progress in in this place that's had so much war and and strife and violence and oppression so i think that's really cool that michael is i guess like i'm i'm reading him as a symbol of you know peace and unity yeah and this in in this little cafe in kabul so i was just like love this story if i had a michael jackson cafe near me i wouldn't care how bad the coffee is i'd be there (laughs) i'd be there every day (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You'd be like, that's cool. I'll have the juices instead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Great story, Q. Yeah, it was a good find, that one. Just to round things off today in terms of the news, we'll have a little discussion around this one. The Michael Jackson estate have launched a campaign leading up to the anniversary of Michael's passing, the 10th anniversary. They are calling it the hashtag honor MJ campaign, honor being spelled H-O-N-O-R. I know in some countries around the world, around the world like Australia, there's a U in there. But this, I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Spell it the MJ estate way, folks. Yeah. But yeah. It's interesting. I, I, I really enjoyed reading their press release around this campaign because when I first thought about it, I was like, geez, just a hashtag campaign for this important event. And then I sort of started reflecting on our own approach to this every year as well. And there is a tendency around the world for certain 
portions of the fan community and, and different places to really celebrate Michael Jackson in, in June. And I've always found that a touch odd. Like, I understand this is the time of the year where we remember that moment of, of Michael's passing and when the world came together for that. Like, I get that. But to me, it's just like every June, it's an intensely sort of sad and reflective time. I never, ever feel like partying at that time of the year. I do in August when it's his birthday. But um, the estate more or less reflected how how we've felt at the MJ cast about this. And they, they say in their statement that um, they they don't actually want to draw too much attention to, to Michael's death as they actually want to celebrate his life. Um, and this is why they all, always organize a major event in Vegas in August for his birthday where fans can get together. And that's an event I certainly think they can grow and improve. But yeah, I guess I, I mean, I'm super critical of the Michael Jackson estate most of the time for lots of the things they do or don't do. But in this particular instance, I really do think they they were on the money with their campaign and how they're um, approaching this one. Would you like to tell us what the campaign is? Yeah, so it's basically a campaign in which people are able to do charitable behaviours. They're keeping it very vague on purpose, but they're encouraging people to be charitable in whatever way they want to be, whether it's donating money here or there or doing something for the planet or being charitable to other people, and then publicising what you're doing online but using that hashtag on MJ. And that's the bit where it gets a little bit murky for me in terms of appropriateness. Let's talk about that. Mm. Well, I just wasn't it in our amazing recent episode with Tarrell that one of the lessons that Michael taught Tarrell that he he really remembers and, and takes to heart that, you know, if you do charity, if you publicize it and look at me, I'm doing this for charity, if you seek attention for it, then it's not really charity. I think there's a time and a place. Like there's times Michael was really public about his charity, like with the Heal the World Foundation he set up and the press conferences. And then there were times where he was like mega private and would just like secretly visit hospitals and help people and not tell anyone. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it'll be good if what this can achieve is if it shows how Michael's legacy has inspired people to contribute to charity and to have been inspired to do good things in his name. Yeah, that's right. Like, I think there there can't be too much that can go wrong with, like, shining a light on certain charities. And I think connecting Michael's own humanitarianism to it is a good idea. I'm glad, yes. I'm glad that it's like a a generic vague hashtag like this, like, you know, honor MJ. I'm really glad that it's not some tacky thing where you have to link to the Michael Jackson estate or (laughs) something like that. Cause sometimes they can come across as a little bit like self-promoting and let's all do this cool stuff for MJ and for charity. But remember where the estate and Vegas, we have tickets to sell for Vegas. Yeah, they do that. Whereas this time it looks to me like they're putting the focus on Michael and charity and his humanitarianism. So in general, I'm behind this and props to them, very, very rare props to them <laughs> for being subdued and reflective during this time and not celebratory. And let's save that for August. It would be nice if they could actually 
do a large charitable donation or contribute to a large charitable cause as well, that wouldn't go astray. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and sometimes like companies do things like like donation matching where like if their employees give a certain amount of money to a certain charity, they'll say we'll chip in exactly the same amount you have. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know like to what extent the estate and Sony do those kind of things, but it would be cool to see them being public with how they're continuing Michael's charitable efforts. I think is there some element of this where you send them a photo and then they make a big photo collage at the end. Yeah, I think you're right, Q. There's just a little paragraph on michaeljackson.com, which I'll read out so people know exactly what this is about. As the 10-year anniversary of Michael's passing nears, what better way to remember Michael than to pay tribute to his lifelong commitment to helping those in need by focusing on his inspiring legacy of philanthropic work. It isn't just about donating cash. It's about making a difference in the life of another person, your community, or even someone you didn't know. This can take many forms, whether it's volunteering your time at a homeless shelter or hospital, donating blood or signing up to be a bone marrow donor, planting a tree, cleaning the trash from a public space such as a beach or park, or helping someone who is lost find their way. The list is endless, and no selfless act of kindness is too small. Share how you are making things better for others by giving back to your local or global community. Post an image of your humanitarian efforts honoring Michael on Instagram or Twitter starting now using the hashtag honormj and your post can be added to a worldwide photo mosaic which will be populated with those images on honormj.michaeljackson.com starting mid-June and the full mosaic will be revealed on June 25th. Hmm. I wonder if I have it in our budget to go and buy another tree because I have places for two more trees in the backyard. Maybe I can... I don't know. Yeah. But that would be cool. This has the potential to be really cool. I I like it, you know. It's like a, a worldwide grassroots movement for positivity and being charitable, but connecting it yes. to Michael. I, I like yes. it. I think it's good. I think it's good. Yep. Cool. Okie dokie. Well, that's pretty much the news. That's it's it. Like, what, over an hour? Yeah. We had quite a bit of news to get through today. Uh, we haven't done a regular episode for a while, which is a bit sad because I love doing them. They're my favorites. Yeah. We still have finds of the week and some thank yous to get through and a little email that I want to talk about that we have from a listener that any visually impaired blind listeners might want to stick around for as we discuss after this break.
What's up, everybody? This is Judith Hill, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. All right, finds of the week. Can I go first? Yes, you can. Awesome. So I found a cool little one. It's uh, Tom Mazzaro, well, quote unquote, interview. Uh, basically, these guys from Two Fab, who I'd never heard of, but they're like paparazzi outfit by the looks. They found him in like a car park or an airport or something. And they ambush him and just start asking him questions. And at first, I'm like, oh, this is a bit uncomfortable. I don't really like usually watching paparazzi stuff. But then it turns into this great little mini interview. And they're asking him about, like, the allegations from Wade Robson and Michael's legacy and what this means for him. And let me, let me just go ahead and quickly play the audio now for you. I know you've been asked this before, uh-huh. but some new developments... Now that it's all said and done, everybody who's been interested in watching uh, Leaving Neverland, they've seen it. Uh, where do you think Michael stands in the court of public opinion? I think his, his outstanding qualities will win out. He was a great artist, a great person, honest, decent. I think in the end, all the good qualities of Michael Jackson will prevail. This is just a temporary blip that will... That will it will go up and then it'll go down and you'll forget about it. We've seen ups and downs with the way yeah. it's been perceived. Uh, you know, Taj, his nephew, wants to make a documentary. What can what can uh, do damage control here? What, well, what could people it? should just focus on his great qualities. Right. His charitable endeavors, his humanitarianism, his great artistry. He was an exceptional human being and a very good human being. And all his good qualities are going to prevail. What if, they, what if someone says, I need proof that he's innocent before I listen to his music. What if they say? Look at the jury verdict. (laughs) All right. So I I love that bit at the end where it's just like a total mic drop moment. So (laughs) when Timez talks about, you know, this whole Leaving Neverland thing just being a blip going up, going down, it'll be over and people will focus back on the art because that's what's going to stand forever. But then at the end (laughs) where they're just like, you know, how can you be sure? And he's like, just look at the jury verdict. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Great mic drop moment. Love Tom. Good one. Team is. <laughs> Q, your find. My find was very cool and I'm very excited because now I get to talk about Eurovision. Hang on, hang on. I'm just going to go make a cup of coffee. I'll be back in 20 minutes. You'll be back in, make, make it 30 minutes. <laughs> Joking, I'm not going to, Jamin will edit this out to like 30 seconds. He's not going to let me talk about Eurovision for 30 minutes as much as I would like to. Congratulations to the Netherlands for winning with Duncan Lawrence Arcade. Um, and big congratulations to Italy on your amazing song from Mahmoud that came second place. And yay for Australia, top 10, ninth place in Eurovision this year with our amazing Kate Miller Heidke with Zero Gravity. But uh, And I was very stoked that my favourite song, Norway, shout out to all our Norwegian listeners with Kano coming sixth place. Uh, yay, I was up 3am voting watching the show live on the both semifinals. I took the week off work. It was great. Thank you to all the wonderful listeners that I was live tweeting with at the time. That was so much fun. And it was one of those listeners on Twitter, Syria Flow on Twitter, S-I-R-A-Y-F-L-O. We were talking about one of my favorite tracks from Luca Hani. She got me from Switzerland and... 
my find of the week is his official music video for his Eurovision 2019 entry, She Got Me. The video totally gave me vibes for Michael's You Rock My World video. I saw a maybe a lot of influence, or maybe I just want to talk about this song. But, Jamin, <laughs> you watched the video as well. I did. You're still there. You're back from getting your cup of tea. Yeah, I, I'm back. I did watch it. Yep. I think it's better than You Rock My World video, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, does, it doesn't have the gangster elements. It doesn't have the comedy elements. No. But it has well, the cinematic comedy. and the staging elements. <laughs> I love the comedy elements of You Rock My World were, like, my favourite bit. Oh, yeah. It was all right. Anyway, that's a whole other show <laughs> we should do a you rock my world review one day but seriously um yeah it was good i liked it it's it's not like my type of music necessarily but it was it was cool it was good and it definitely it's did i would be surprised if this wasn't directly inspired by you rock my world like he even gets on top of the bar yeah and dances they even have dancing silhouettes like you know projected onto a white screen like there's dances, like, you know, as if the screen drops in front of MJ and you see the silhouette of, it even has that, you know, he's got the hat. It's the same color tones yep. of the video as well. So I don't know if it's meant to be set in a similar like Miami kind of place, but it's got that same warm color tones, the dark colors. It's got the interaction between the girls and the guys I reckon it's inspired. It's got to have been. It's too similar to not have been. As soon as I turned it on, I'm like, yeah, you rock my world tribute. Yay. I'm glad I wasn't just seeing things. But um, yeah, shout out to at Flow for pointing that out during our um, tweets when I was watching it. I'm glad that this song did so well in Eurovision. It deserved it. It is an absolute banger of a track. Luca Hanny, She Got Me, it's on you know, all your music streaming things, L-U-C-A, Hanny is H-A-N-N-I. The song is She Got Me. Go listen to it. It's a banger. But yay, I got to talk about Eurovision. <laughs> Good job. That was my find of the week. That was my fun. There you go. That was a stretch, but I reached before <laughs> I stretched. That's it. Thank yous and mailbag and socials and goodbye. Let's go. All right. Well, this you, you want to get a cup of tea because this is going to take about 35 minutes to get through. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank yous. I would like to say big thank yous to the following. Of course, Adam Green of the Movie Crypt podcast. Courtney and cousin Cam of the Janet Today podcast. Courtney, you did a really beautiful and I was not expecting it. I was driving home from work and I heard it, a tribute a dedication to our friend TJ. And that was really moving and I really appreciate mm. that. Thank you to... Now, just people, if I say your surname wrong, please forgive me, okay? Because some of these I will struggle with. <laughs> Julia Novarez, Richard Dante Mamolo, Tom Rauterman, Shrina Kagram, Daniela Gerst, Larissa Stolzer, Tatiana Guba for your touching and personal story and support. Author Jimmy Colwell, Mahil Jansson, Antonia Sanzano, Davina Mutin, Ashley White, Carly Glambert, Camille Chang, Laurent Hopman, Monique Kinest, Tiffany Young, K. 
Kent Olof in Norway, Mrs. Upton, Belinda Di Loretto, Christopher Charlot, thank you very much. And I got an email today from Tony O'Keefe. So thank you all. And speaking of emails, our email bag was well overflowing. We received a bajillion wonderful emails over the last few months, definitely more than we've ever received before. Mm. And to say it is a struggle to keep up with all of the communication would be a gross understatement. But know that even if I haven't replied to your email, that they have been read and appreciated. But one particular email that stood out and that I can perhaps help someone with this was from listener Rebecca Cragness. Rebecca is from Minneapolis and would love to be reconnected with some fan friends that she had in Minneapolis back in the 1990s and also with fellow visually impaired fans as Rebecca is blind. Any listeners that we might have in Minneapolis, MJ fans or other listeners to our show that are visually impaired or blind, it would be wonderful if any of those people out there listening could get in contact with Rebecca. She would love to hear from you and it would be very special if any of those friends that she was friends with back in the 1990s and might coincidentally be listening to this right now, please reach out to her. Her email, and she's given me permission to give this out, is R-J-K-R-A-G-N-E-S. So R-J-Cragness at gmail.com. Rebecca would love to hear from you. And now I was actually hunting, trying to find, I think we actually had an email off another visually impaired listener early this year. And I was trying to find that email last night. And, you know, we had so many emails with, you know, we did the, the Charles Q&A, the Charles and Mike Smallcomb Q&A, which we got a bajillion emails for. So I was like scrolling forever trying to find this email from this one listener early in the year and I really couldn't find it. But I do think we had that other um, blind listener that did reach out. So if you are still listening to the show, thank you. And maybe that you could reach out to Rebecca because she would love to hear from you. But any other visually impaired listeners or friends that she had lost contact with from the 90s. So hopefully we can help with that. Absolutely. Wow, I've talked a lot. Jamin, do you want to let people know where they can maybe find the show in our socials? Sure, of course. If you want to connect with us on social media, we are at the MJCast on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and we are also on YouTube as well. We don't reply a lot on YouTube to the comments coming in on videos. Um, <laughs> ever. Ever. <laughs> but we are there Too many. as well. Too many. Uh, I'd like to think it's a nice, vibrant community of listeners on YouTube as well. But um, yeah, yeah. it's not. It's a terrible place. <laughs> it's a terrible Not the listeners. Not the listeners. The comment sections. <laughs> terrible place. Don't read the comments. We should just turn the comments off. It's a hive off. of I don't know. scum and villainy. Oh, my Lord. Anyway. Not quite. No. No. We, love the li- we love the people over there watching. Thank you for the views. <laughs> anyway, if you do want to listen to us as a podcast, which we'd highly recommend for a number of reasons, you can access us on Apple Podcasts, on 
Spotify. We're now on Spotify. All of our episodes go on there, which is really cool. And a bunch of other platforms as well on Android and Stitcher Radio and different places like that. Uh, we're, we also have a, a repository of all of our episodes and, and op-eds and different things, which is themjcast.com if you want to go there as well. We've got email if you want to contact us to send us a message. We love hearing from you. We are themjcast at icloud.com. Um, and how much does it cost people to subscribe to our shows, Jamin, for all of this content? Um, we charge a grand total of $0. <gasps> how are you paying the staff of the MJ cast? With love and kindness Aww. and appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's value for money, listeners. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> all we it's ask. Free. All we ask really is that. We, we we do like it when people review us. Uh, so if you could head over to to Apple Podcasts and and do a little review for us on there and give us a star rating, we really appreciate that. It gives us a bit of visibility in the Apple Podcasts platform, and you can do that in a lot of places. Helps us chart. Yep, helps us chart. It's fun. You can also do that over on Facebook. Interestingly, they have a little star review function there too. So yeah. Yes, which are very good reviews we've got over there. Thank you, everyone, who has taken the time to listen and to review. Yeah, it's it's a nice little warm, fuzzy feeling. We always screenshot the reviews and share them in the group chat, and it's, it's nice. So, <laughs> love <laughs> that's it. That's all we ask. That's it. All right. Well, that's a wrap. That's about it. That's a lot of news, and we have got another episode coming very soon. We have a Vindication Day episode coming next as episode 103. I'm sorry it's not with Susan Yu. It was not for lack of trying. It's not with Susan Yu, but give you a hint, it's somebody that did participate in the trial, and they did also visit Neverland during the trial. That's all I'm going to say. So you'll have to wait for for June 13th for that one. It's going to be a big month for us at the MJ cast. June's always the hardest oh month God, of the yes. year because we always put out around three episodes. One, uh, we normally do a regular episode like today. We do one for Vindication Day, June 13th, and we also do one for the anniversary of Michael's passing as well. So normally we stagger it out by a couple of weeks or so per episode, but in June you are going to get three episodes in quick succession. So be ready on those podcast apps to to download and listen. Well, that's a wrap for episode 102. Done. Nice one. All right, cool. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I appreciate your time and hope you're well and hope you've enjoyed this show and the tunes, which we haven't quite decided on yet. So I think I'm going to have to do that before I go grocery shopping. Keep Michaeling. Michael on. Jackson. And being in show business, people are always telling you what to do. The paparazzi, Latoya, look over here. No, Latoya, look over here. Please, over here. Your manager, Latoya, hurry up. Come on, you got five minutes. And oh, I can't forget my friendly, trendy publicist. Latoya, you're a star, darling. You need more eyes. Put on more eyes. 
Well, the only store around here to put on more ice is my new raspberry, cranberry, passion fruit, and green apple refreshing malt beverage called Star Ice. And from now on, no one's gonna tell me what to do. <gasps> Latoya, we need you now. Coming! But I'm still gonna do what I want to do. Responsibly create the thunder. Star ice, ice me down under. The MJ Cast.